Have you ever wanted to be the first to know if aliens really exist? Well, with Nebula, you can be! Nebula is the streaming service that's home to its Probably Not Aliens, as well as our YouTube channels. And the best part? All of our content goes up early on Nebula. So when we break first contact with E.T., you'll be the first to find out. That's right, you'll be able to listen to the next episode of this show before anyone else. Plus, we post bonus content that you won't find any other place. And the best part? By signing up for Nebula at nebula.tv slash probablynotaliens, you're directly supporting the show and both of us. So don't wait any longer. Join Nebula today and be the first to know if this time it really is aliens. What's funny about death? Go. <laughs> In some ways, there's nothing de- funny about death, but there's also so much funny about death. Like, th- yeah. that feels like, uh, I know that feels like a completely empty saying because it is. <laughs> uh-huh. I guess, like, the topic of this episode is dealing with the fact that our species just went through a few years of a lot of people dying. That's true. And this this is a, this is just the anti-energy to start a podcast on. But, like, there's been uh, such strange absurdities that have come out of the last few years. Yeah. That... Uh, um, there's a sort of very sad and sadistic humor out of that. That sort of you need to find or else you go insane. Yeah. So I feel like we're going to talk a lot about death and, I don't know, deadly diseases and things. I, I did Google the best jokes about death. Oh my um, goodness, okay. <laughs> just to try just to try and keep things light, you know? So I want to throw a couple of those out there. You know, just to, just to get make sure we're not on, on, a, on some downer energy right out of the gate. I'll maybe come in a little bit through the episode, hit you with some zingers, uh, just to keep everyone on their toes. Here's here's the first one. A will is a dead giveaway. Ah, uh, oh, that's it's a good like one. A, I that's liter- a pun. It's a pun. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, guess what Mozart's doing right now? He's he's decomposing. Uh-huh. Okay, <laughs> these are actually really good. I like. Yeah, these are pretty good, um, right? Yeah. Um, by the way, for anyone who's uh, stumbled upon this, um, this is it's probably not aliens, which you would not have guessed at all from the first oh, yeah. few minutes. Yeah, of we're, <laughs> we're a podcast about aliens, I think. Or what are we about, Tristan? Yeah, we're a podcast about the increasingly vague subject of ancient astronaut theory, UFO th- conspiracy theories, and you know, pseudo history, pseudo archaeology. But at the moment, our main thrust is. Uh, going point by point exhaustively through the mega epic that is History Channel's Ancient Aliens. And uh, apparently I need to respond to about every 13 second uh, part of the show (laughs) Uh because we are on episode 40 something and we are in episode like five of the show. So yeah. And uh, my name is Scott Nicewander. I know pretty much nothing. Um, I know kind of a little bit about the topic we're going to be talking about today. Only because I briefly covered it in a different episode of this podcast, but 
I, I'm, I'm really just the person here who's here to learn and to throw around some really good jokes like this one. Being a funeral director is a dying profession. Uh, uh, they're getting worse as time goes on. Your yeah, reaction okay. is telling me everything. So <laughs> I got to keep the energy up. I like it. Uh, my name is Justin Johnson and I am going to be your plague doctor in this. Um, although plague doctors weren't really a thing in this plague. Um, that's oh. always a misnomer, but they, the, the plague doctor with like the beak mask, I think was actually like a 15th century uh, or like a, another plague that happened yeah, later. Different plague. Um, we're riddled with them. But uh, especially back then. But today we are, um, as you can probably have picked up through this, talking about the Black Death, which I did not anticipate was going to be a subject on this podcast about ancient aliens. But apparently no. here we are. How does it tie in? What are they what do they talk about it? This is going to be the shortest amount of episode I respond to with the most amount of content ever because they just say something and mm-hmm. then drop it. It never comes back again. And then when I Google it, I look it up and it is like one book by one guy. And then I'm like, oh, interesting. But ah. there was so many interesting things that were packed into this claim that I'm like, OK, I have an episode's worth of stuff about this five sentences that they put together for this this show. Well, it sounds exciting. It sounds like we're it sounds like we are not going to be bored to death. We're not because it's not boring. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be bored to death. I understood you. Okay. Yeah. I, just, I didn't know if there was lag or anything on the on this end. It's or... like yeah, it's kind of awkward with the um with the online calls because you never know. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then um, you, but my microphone was fine. You heard it. Yeah. 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 Okay. I just <laughs> want to make sure because you didn't laugh at all. Is what I is. I just I guess I didn't know. Well, you know, I'm 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 saving it up. Okay. You know, that's yeah. fine. That's fine. That's fine. Walk I, me through it. What's this? What, what's happening here? All right. So basically, ancient aliens goes and makes the claim. Now there's there's kind of two parts this the other one i'm saving for our halloween special but um mm. basically there's this book by a guy named william bramley who does a bunch of like supernatural weird claims about stuff but apparently the only book i can find is this like one book that is just a bunch of wacky ideas he has about history and the universe but mm-hmm. um he finds an eyewitness account from the black death that talks about people seeing comets with strange flashing lights uh, huh. and like a a fog or like a a, a a miasma, like a like a, a cloud kind of descending yeah. from the heavens over okay. and that over towns where the plague was going to show up. And all of that happened. And so like these were all things that foretold the Black Death. And they're like, hey, lights in the sky, fog coming from the sky, disease. Yes. Maybe spooky, the, mysterious. Yeah. Maybe the Black Death was alien bio warfare. Okay. Alien bio warfare. Now I do want to point out that we ancient aliens has already given us another explanation for this exact illness, this exact disease, which is that it, the Ark of the Covenant. Remember when I did that episode oh, yep, with yep. you? Does this theory that you're about to talk about also involve arcs of the covenant? Are there lots of them? There are no arcs involved okay. in this one. So it's just different, different things. But yeah, like- just it, it feels like in a weird way. So I think I've talked about this in a previous episode. I think I talked about it in the David Icke two-parter. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a bit about a very famous conspiracy theory that's sort of in vogue 
or at least was in vogue maybe like a few years ago. And it's still mm-hmm. in vogue for, um, I would probably say, some of the less mentally well parts of the conspiracy theory world, which is the idea of chemtrails, which is the idea that they mm-hmm. think that the government is poisoning us with the condensation cloud that comes out the back of airplanes. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is like, there's okay, there's a few conspiracy theories like that one. Uh, there's some that are like about like gang stalking and stuff like that, that I highly suspect are the products of somebody who's suffering from paranoid schizophrenia that I don't like stepping into too much. Sure, and sure, sort yeah, of fits yeah, into yeah. that one. Makes um, sense. But uh, but yeah, so basically that's the that's the whole claim. Like there's like like that was that, <laughs> this that's is the entire it, claim. Ancient aliens okay. is just like okay. There's this source where they talk about comets showing up in the sky before sure. the Black Death and a cloud descending upon uh, where it happened. And so aliens do did Black Death. Aliens? How do Black did Death? It. How do <laughs> how do they do it? It's clouds of clouds of illness, I suppose, and that's aliens. So there you go. There you go. That's it. Um, that's what they say. So, that, so that's that, that's what we're going into today. And I have like okay. a little bit of like a deep, like I kind of want to talk about the the what could be the reasoning behind the source and explain that, and then explain that we that we don't have to worry about a- ancient aliens as uh, the target of bio warfare because um, we have a very pretty we have a pretty solid clue as to what caused the Black okay. Death. So um, all right, there's some cool well, archaeology and how we did that. So all right. Well, I want to dive into it, but I'm going to hit, I'm going to, I found a different website for jokes. Um, and I think this one was written in the, I think this website was made in the 1950s somehow. Um, so here's the joke. It says, uh, what's the difference between, uh, dead people and married people? Mm, dead people are free. <laughs> oh my. Cause the joke there is that mm, I hate my wife or something, <laughs> you know, yeah, which was and basically all funny. humor was, um, basically until like, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's basically what all boomer stand up yes. comedy was, I think. Uh-huh. Um, I believe so. Then then there was followed by millennial stand up comedy, which is where you talk about how much you love your wife and then yeah. find out that that person is cheating on their wife with yeah. 13 from house. So um, <laughs> not great. Not great either way. So let's talk about uh, death more. Death. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so there's two things that I talked about. One is seeing a uh, comet in the sky yeah. before the Black Death. And the other one is the the fog. And this speaks to two ideas about how people work. The first one's probably not super surprising, which is um, that many people in the past have believed in seeing signs and portents of things to come. And okay. so things like shooting stars and meteors and those kinds of things that they were seen were considered like omens of either something really good or really bad happening. Oh, this this, this has happened throughout history, almost oh, yeah. universally across the world. Um, it's just like a thing like if we see a thing in the sky that is weird yeah. and different we tend to want to associate it with uh, something happening on earth usually oh, a sign sure. that the gods are happy or not happy oh yeah um, we we just recently did a video about sun dogs Mm-hmm. which are, yeah, uh, all about exactly this sort of thing where it's like, I don't know, I, I'm seeing this thing. Uh, what could it mean? Uh, it could be good or bad, depending on how I interpret it. Maybe it's telling me exactly what I want to hear. It kind of reminds me that I believe it was the first se- the, the the first couple episodes of season two of Game of Thrones or mm-hmm. the first like, kind of like a theme throughout the chapter of the second book that they kind of make a joke about this. Maybe the second or third book anyway. Um, but basically there is this big red meteor 
meteor in the sky for like a few days right at the beginning of a war. And mm. in the book, it kind of goes POV through all of the different people who are trying to all go to war for the same kingdom, like for the same throne. And yeah. all of them are interpreting the meteor to be a sign that is like, oh, you're supposed to be on the throne. Like uh, the everyone's one, interpreting yeah. it their own way. Like there's one guy who worships like a sun god or like a fire god. And it's like the, the meteor is red like 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 fire, which yeah. means that they want you to be on the throne. And then the other person's like, it's red like our house color. That means that you should be the one. <laughs> and it's like, like it's it's perfect, and that exactly that perfectly encapsulates like the way that people would have interpreted things like that. Yeah. And so in the past, uh, especially in like places like medieval Europe, things like this, like things like you know shooting stars, meteors, comets, all those kinds of things, would be treated this with the same amount of seriousness that say like a doctor would consult like an x-ray to try and diagnose what's going on or like ah. like this was like this is kind of collectively like part of astrology right and mm -hmm. before you know before uh today where you know we know what stars and meteors are this mm -hmm. was like a very serious profession that people were very like consulted about what could be uh what it mm -hmm. could portend so uh, it's a big thing but it turns out much like all astrology again it's not month anymore so I don't know I can make this <laughs> like all astrology um, is that if you go looking for connections uh, based on random mm. phenomenon that happen in space you're going to find them because there's little signs everywhere that could yeah. fulfill whatever prophecy you want to have retroactively this the, this star alignment says I need to eat more soup sir that's the little dipper uh, <laughs> I don't think that's what it's trying to tell you that one says I need to get more soup that's the that's big the dipper big, that's the big one that's yeah. The yeah. big dipper. I want the big spoon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so statisticians call uh, call this phenomenon chasing noise, which is that if you look at a group of random things, um, because randomness isn't spaced out like we think it is, randomness is actually kind of clumpy. Um, mm. And if you, if, some, if you look at something that is truly random, you're going to find weird correlations. And because we have um, this strange little goop inside of our skulls that likes to find patterns in everything, we like to find it's faces true. on toast and in clouds and in stars. Uh, we will put together pretty much anything to try and say that's the thing that caused the thing. That's right. It's basically the cause of and solution to every problem we've ever had. It's in the stars. Yeah. And so, yeah, uh, you're like so in doing that, you're you're basically doing what's called confirmation bias. Mm -hmm. You're looking retroactively for something to be true. And, it, you know, just knowing that going backwards, like there's not going to be a co no comments are going to cause plague. Right. You're you are looking you're you're already looking for for a conclusion a specific conclusion so if you're looking hard for it you're gonna find it you're gonna yeah. find something that i mean i get that because mm -hmm. you and i write videos and sometimes i have a message that i want to say in the video and i have to figure out how do i make that ending work with what beginning and i have to find connections between things i read a whole lot and i write a bunch of stuff and then i'm like oh how do i finish this by saying capitalism's bad exactly <laughs> every video has to end that way and it's yeah. up to us to figure out how how do we get to that? How do I get to that point? That's what all video essays will be about at the end of uh -huh. the day. Um, anyways, so like this is this is this is a common common thing. And I don't think that I don't know if I really need to debunk um, signs and portents for people. I feel like we've got that. But you could imagine that in the pre-scientific age of uh, medieval Europe, where um, there really wasn't a scientific method, or at least not in Europe at that point. Uh, it hadn't gotten out of the Middle East yet. But um, yeah, uh, this this kind of stuff happened a lot. Happened a lot. Yeah. Um, so that's the other thing. The other one is that it's very interesting. They talked about a um, 
mist or a cloud. I'm interested in this one. Yeah. So this speaks a lot to a very interesting thing, which is that um, back then they had a completely different concept of what caused disease than what we do today. So this is what we're going to talk about. And this is um, called miasma theory. Um, So essentially Mm. for a whole bunch of European history until shockingly recently, Mm -hmm. people thought that diseases were caused by bad air. That was their, Mm. that was their excuse. That's actually, and sometimes there's still some words today that have uh, roots in this kind of thinking that, um, that sticks out like malaria, for example. Um, Oh, malaire. I see malaria. Yeah, exactly. So Bramley in his writing takes the bad air in like a horror movie sense and like says it's like a foul mist raining down on people. But he's also like that, 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 that taking a very literal interpretation of what I found out was a twice translated and paraphrased expression. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, which, you know, mm. um, but like the thing is, if he had maybe been, since this, this is the thing happens on ancient aliens all the time. If, if William Branley had been, instead of just being some dude had been maybe a medievalist. Yeah. He might someone have, who is specialized in the research of this specific time and place. Yeah. <laughs> He might have known about uh, that speak that that's just how medieval people thought of disease. Um, for example, like people thought like basically in that day, they thought that things like like cholera, chlamydia, the Black Death were caused by miasma, which is the Greek word for pollution, basically, or the ancient Greek word for pollution. And the thought is that these epidemics were caused by miasma, which came out of basically rotting matter. So like, OK, the this is why, like, for example, there was a time where people didn't want to have their homes near graveyards because they thought that the rotting bodies were causing miasma to rise out of the ground and make people sick. Yeah, they they took one, one look at one of the burial plots and they said, that's the last thing I need. Get it? Because it's the last <laughs> thing you would. Did you get that off a website? <laughs> I did, Tristan. I got it off a website. You got me. <laughs> um, but like, like, and and for another example is um, when we kind of were talking about that uh, plague doctor mask. You uh-huh. you know the 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 quintessential plague doctor with the beak, right? Because it's stuffed with things that smell good. Yeah, is that it's how stuffed it is? with like potpourri type stuff, which is designed to get the bad smell out so that you don't get the disease that you are treating. It's like oh. it's like the 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 version of like a, a, a surgical mask, right? Yeah. They got to do more. They, why don't they have, they got to keep that around. Like keep, do the surgical masks, but then also have them scented maybe? That could be good. Do scented doctors like scented that? N95s? That would be pretty good. Yeah. Fun. Would doctors like that? I don't know. Let's like, say this surgeon be like, do you want like... Um, <laughs> So it makes me think that 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 like um, hospitals are very much into like the scent free thing. But that's if, true. It probably helps them. <laughs> it probably helps them know when things are up. If something doesn't smell n- neutral. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like when I uh, I remember asking a uh, I asked a surgeon uh, kind of over drinks mm-hmm. at some point if they play music while they're doing surgery, because sometimes surgeries can be like 12, 13, 14 hours. Yeah. And they said um, sometimes if it's extraordinarily routine uh, yeah. but basically they have to be ready to turn it off at any second because uh all of surgery is focused around being ready to just like it shit can go down at any second oh, and you have yeah. to be ready at all times oh yeah i've uh, seen gray's anatomy i have not it's, <laughs> yeah this stuff happens 
it goes wrong. It goes south real quick. People mm-hmm. just die left and right on that show. I don't know how that hospital's still open. Do you know what I also learned about today that I think is very fun that also fits into the fact that there's a new Thor movie and you're a Marvel movie sure. aficionado? I've not seen it yet, but yeah. There is a there is actually such thing as a surgical hammer. That a is like a big, a big freaking surgical, like, like it's not even like a small, like like a little like ball big hammer. Boy. Yeah, Ooh, like Google it. Yeah, it's um like I think there's actually one called a Mjolnir. Oh, no. Oh, this looks... I don't like how clinical it looks. I don't... It looks like creepier because it's like... <laughs> yeah, Mjolnir surgical hammer, um, which I think is used in certain types of knee surgery. I mean, it makes sense. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> this look why do they design it to look like Mjolnir branding I guess oh my god at least that's the images that I'm seeing literally look like Thor's hammer from a Marvel movie I don't know if you're seeing the same thing yeah it's Mjolnir surgical hammer what that is so wild to me yeah and if you ever I don't know like depending upon you know uh how disgusting you want to get if you ever see this being used in surgery it's absolutely wild because they're 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 giving it they're smacking um, it yeah because they're they trying to be I think they're doing it it's for some I don't, I, I do not know what kind of surgery it's, it's used for. It's to be like bone surgery, right? It's, it's something, something to do need. with, I think it's something to do with like knee surgery. Yeah. There's a certain type of like knee replacement or something like that, that like you need to use the hammer for. I, um, yeah, this is wild to me. So, so that's, that's the, that's the other thing. So mm-hmm. basically the idea is that back on the thing that they oh, believe yeah, that <laughs> they believe that the, these like fogs and bad, like the smell of like rotten decay decay caused people to die. Um, so this is why, like, I think like in the Prince of Egypt, the only Bible story I've ever read, um, sure. that the plague comes in the form of like a mist that goes through all like the, the 10th plague, oh, the one that kills all the firstborns, the one that kills all of, yeah. Uh, that one comes as like a kind of fog through the city. I think that's kind of speaking to what it is. Mm, and it has to knock on all the doors mm-hmm. and be like, let me in. Don't, don't, don't let the fog in. Don't let the fog. Hey, if you're and, if you're in Cairo right now and you see a fog do at your door, not do not let that fog in. Yeah, can't warn you enough. It's gonna be it's gonna be one of two things. It's gonna be a plague or it's gonna be a vampire. Just yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be. But if it's a vampire, then at least it'll have to. I mean, I guess both have to ask to come in, right? Yep. <laughs> both of them do need permission to come in. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there you go. Um, but the, so like this was like this was uh, originally spouted by the ancient. It's like this is the idea is that back in the day, like they had their sort of idea of like how to validate good knowledge reversed. Like today we would say like, oh, like we would only follow science if it was from the more modern uh, stuff that came out. But in the day in the past, they were basically like, oh, the most important stuff came in like ancient times. Mm. And um, and so like uh, basically this was all developed by Hippocrates, the ancient ah. Greek guy uh, in like the fourth century BC. And from there it spread all over the place because, um, well, don't use that language. Don't use the language yeah. of something spreading all like over a pandemic. the place. It spread mm. all over the place, but like Europeans, uh, read a lot of Hippocrates, a lot of also the Roman physician, uh, Galen also comes up a lot. Okay. Um, but also the thing is that there were another group of people who were way more into Greek philosophy than Europeans. And that was, uh, the Arab world. And so Hippocrates, uh, and the Hippocratic 
sort of um, medicine got really big in the Middle East. And the Middle East was like, you know, like the Islamic world was like a really like well-connected part. So this made its way to China and made its way to mm-hmm. India and all this kind of stuff. The Middle East was like this sort of like mixing pot of all of these different cultures coming together to learn stuff from each yeah, other. Sure. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so this was like a very widespread uh, idea. Hippocrates, uh, very influential. Uh, and this stayed up all the way until like 1880. <laughs> And there's even some people I found out in like the sort of hyper politicized uh, COVID times we lived in where there were people who got went as far as no longer believing in viruses because of how against doing something about the pandemic they were. Oh, my God. But uh, but basically after 1880 um, was when we started realizing that diseases were not caused by bad air, but they were actually caused by um, little, little, little organisms. Little, little bitty guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The first one kind of hitting on the game. Game of Thrones thing was discovered by a guy by the name of Jon Snow. And this what? Is like, yeah, yeah. So, well, not discovered, but one of the first like steps towards sure. figuring out that this was not bad air was was Jon Snow. Uh-huh. Um, so, Jon Snow was a London um, physician scientist who sure. was trying to study uh, specifically these um, cholera and typhoid epidemics that were coming out because they were believing that it was caused by bad air that was spreading around mm. these neighborhoods. But he was convinced that it was water. Um, And so in in 1854, uh, there was a cholera epidemic and Snow um, was trying to study where it was coming from. And he found that citizens of Soho, uh, neighborhood in London, uh, had a high mortality rate the closer they were to one specific water pump that was on Broad Street. Mm. And so and when Jon Snow was able to convince the city, the local government, to remove the handle on that pump, there was a decrease in the cases of cholera that happened in the area. I bet. So I bet because of his, I bet because his theory was so different than what was accepted, people were probably saying, uh, you know, nothing, John, yeah, John yeah, Snow. Yeah. I've not seen, I've not, does that the line? I've not that is seen the line. Game yeah, of yeah. Thrones. You know, nothing, okay. John Snow. It's, one of, the, it's one of the better John lines. Snow. Yeah. Well, there um, you go. Yeah. Uh, but basically this was like one of the cool, this is like a cool like sign that like in the late 1800s, we were getting to like some more like modern scientific studies of things because he did statistics to actually see that like people who got their like where people got their water from in like relation to upstream downstream and found that you were much less likely to get cholera the further upstream you were and the more downstream you were of because like in this time the water that you got for the drinking was also the water that you dumped all of the poop into yeah and cholera happens to spread through that um so the more downstream you were the more you were likely to get cholera man it's weird how like hardly anything's changed since then yeah I mean, that's how I still do it. I don't know if that's different anywhere else in the world, but that's me. That's not a Virginia thing. That's just a Scott thing. You just go that's out with a bucket just of water. Me. That's just me. That's my own. And you know what? To each their own. I don't judge you, Tristan, for having your clean water and your <laughs> hygiene and your bathing frequently. I think I told this story before. But I think I did in a previous episode of this podcast, but it, it, it bears repeating because it's a very funny story uh-huh. that uh, during the Spanish Inquisition, uh, they were on the hunt for secret Jews and secret Muslims because they had just finished conquering all of the Muslim kingdoms in Spain mm-hmm. and they were trying to find who had converted to Catholicism but wasn't actually converting to Catholicism and like we've talked like like they, there's a lot of like very complex history about them trying to find all the secret Jews but apparently to find secret Muslims they they were suspicious
Spanishists, they were like taking people under the Spanish Inquisition if they were um, too clean. They bathed right. too often. Because <laughs> Muslims uh, have a ritual. They ritually bathe before they pray. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, mm-hmm. oh, this person's too clean. Too clean. Bathes That's smelly is, enough. Yeah. So, so we had very different ideas about hygiene back then, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, Some of basically that showed that contaminated water, not air, was the source of the uh, the epidemics. He took it before the um took it before he, he he wrote a paper for the british medical journal and brought okay. it before a review committee but the review committee concluded that his findings were not significant enough to warrant any change and they dismissed them oh okay huh yeah he so he felt he basically found stuff that supported the idea that it was the water that was causing it and they were just like hmm no we don't think so <laughs> nah that doesn't sound right yeah that doesn't so so that that didn't go anywhere and the only and, and for another decade mm-hmm. this didn't go anywhere and it wasn't until 1860 mm-hmm. where uh some new experiments started happening down in France uh by a guy oh. by the name of Louis Pasteur um, oh i've heard of this guy yeah and he discovered a bunch of interesting things like uh he so there was this idea of spontaneous generation that existed at that time where they were like well where do flies come from they spontaneously generate from rotting meat for example that's right uh and like that like because they just thought that like rotting happened naturally right and that mm-hmm. and he found that if you are able to put like say a piece of meat that has been boiled in mm. a airtight container that it doesn't rot mm. and he like did a bunch of experiments that basically started to show that that it's not the bad air that's causing this. It's, it's the, not the air. It's these things. And so he was actually able to find that um, specifically um, purpero fever and a pyogenic vibrio. Uh, basically, he was able to find sort of these pathologies to find that there are actually microorganisms that were in Little the blood guys. that were causing disease, which, if you think about it, is a humongous discovery that oh, we did not yeah. know until the 1860s. That's like, like it's, dis- it's discovering an in entire other gigantic chunk of of life and like the and just the planet that we live on like and most and of life yeah by most weight. of life yeah <laughs> it's and like not knowing it's there and being like hey it's always been here and it's we're swimming in it baby it's, it's where literally all disease comes from yeah um so there's that and also he recommended using boric acid to sterilize things for the first time mm-hmm. ever um and this is interesting because i actually wrote a paper on this because this is while the civil war was happening mm. uh and there was this whole like debate because like there were people who were like there were people during the war that were like oh we don't need to sterilize anything that's fine and but then there was something like hey we should probably put carbonic acid on our tools because that might reduce infections and there were like these these uh hygiene societies and things like that these these women led uh hygiene societies that actually probably saved a whole lot of lives because people went from like just hacking off limbs constantly with the same yeah. saw to Ooh. like washing things between things <laughs> Yeah, washing seems to work. Uh, yeah, it's it's so funny. I, I know I keep sounding like I only watch like two shows. Um, Grey's Anatomy and Scooby-Doo? Well, that too. And Outlander is what we're watching currently. And there's like, I mean, there's a lot of it. It's literally about like a nurse from the like the, the mid-1900s uh, going back in time to the 1700s. And like, there's just a lot of stuff that she's teaching everybody about like sterilization and like journalism. And they're like, what, what are germs? I don't know what that is. And it's like, never mind. It's hard to explain. Just, you know, dump, just wash things with alcohol before you do anything. Yeah. Uh, and 
and it's just it's just funny to see to see how much of it just just keeps keeps cropping up. Yeah, and the thing is, like, I would do the same thing, except that the TV show we're watching right now is Better Call Saul, and there's fewer connections between that yeah. and Ancient Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Or when are we going to get to some legal alien theories? When are we going to get legal to come on to talk let's about? Let's bring legal eagle on to talk about alien law. <laughs> I imagine do, the thing is he would do it too. He's like the nicest guy on the planet. And I do think actually that there is a UN subcommittee that did put together first contact protocols. Oh, that they actually have done that. So that would actually be kind of like a fun. All right, we got to get him on. We got to um, get him on to about about like the UN's plan for what to do in case we find alien life like there actually is like a procedure and that'd be interesting oh, to talk over that would be interesting to talk about um but the thing is and so in case you're curious this is what pasteurization is yeah so the term comes from um that's why you know um you that's what they do to your milk before you drink it unless you're a weird libertarian who wants to say unless you're, a, unless you're a raw milk drinker <laughs> unless you're a weird libertarian who wants to get listeria uh your milk has been pasteurized and for almost, good reason <laughs> for good reason and this is why like everything this is why like when you can meat and stuff like that you boil it first um mm-hmm. this, this this is this is pasteurization all uh, right disease yeah I, I feel like i'm like i'm like these are like very basic things that everyone knows today but in the 19th century this was all novel new science yeah i mean and currently it's stuff that people are <laughs> trying to be like oh i don't know about that like i don't need uh, to wear a mask just because there's tiny particles yeah. that will make you sick in the air so all right so just just to just to sort of recap where we are right so this idea of the the black death being from aliens because people saw stuff in the sky that could just be you know signs and, and and just anything happening in the sky that people are like oh that's could be anything could be nothing could just be whatever we want it to be and then we've got this miasma thing these like this fog of of death but what you're saying is it wasn't actually literally like a, a fog or a cloud or anything it's just how people described illness because they thought the illness was in the air so if there was illness and Anywhere, they would talk about how it's bad air or like a, a diseased air or something that someone might f- misinterpret as like a fog that might be like, ooh, spooky alien thing. Right. Is that fair to say? Yeah. So it's, that's it's, sort of where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. It's somewhere between not understanding the context of what what medieval people thought like and wrote up and wrote about and how they wrote and also possibly intentionally ignoring that so that they can make an alien connection to someone who also doesn't know that fact. All right. So that that's sort of where where we're at. We've already sort of debunked the ancient alien stuff. Um what so then what this I don't know if this is a silly question. Where what actually did it? What did what where does like the the black death and things? Where does that like come from? We have done a surprising amount to find out the source of the black death. And also, we don't teach enough about the black death and in the yeah. in the context of uh, us currently living through a pandemic, it might be interesting to learn about, but we will find out after oh, this. All right, I got to hit you with a joke, all right? Okay. We we've been I've been doing these jokes and, you know, middling success here and there. So I thought I'd hit you with um with like an early, like a like an early 2000s anti-joke instead, if that's mm-hmm. okay? Sure. Um so this is one I found. Why can't a T-Rex clap? Why can't a T-Rex clap? Because cuz cuz it's dead. Ah, uh, yes, excellent. It's dead. And and that's that's the last joke I'm gonna do. No, no, I, I legitimately love anti jokes. So yeah, <laughs> um, they're like one of my favorite genre of jokes. So yes, excellent. 
It, so so yeah, like the Black Death um, is a thing that we have probably all heard. It's the prime step back history material because this is the this is the number one thing I try to look for, which is is this a thing people have heard of but not about? Mm. That's the main thing I try to go for. And the Black Death, I feel like, is high on that. I don't think anybody here is like Black Death. What's that? Right. We know what it is, but I I think you're right in that we're not. I mean, at least me, I wasn't taught a lot about like its origins what really is it i i mean i i learned about the plague and whatnot but like yeah i don't really i don't know i don't really know too much beyond it beyond just like surface level stuff yeah and it, it is genuinely fascinating because not only is it possibly the beginning of the end of the middle ages mm-hmm. um in some ways but also it was it possibly was it was a major event for human history and mm. also is increasingly in sort of our more developed history field might be also a very uh, significant part of our ecological climate history. Huh. Um, and we'll kind of get into that. But In a um, good way or bad way? I mean, in a way. It is in a like, way. Like, you know, nature doesn't particularly care how hot or cold it gets. Um, That's fair. I do. I'm very sensitive to temperature changes. This is true. I have some bad news for the next few decades for you. Well, I mean, as long as it doesn't get any hotter, then I think I can survive. Yeah, in Virginia. Yeah. Um, so the main thing that kind of debunks Bramley's entire thing about the Black Death is that we actually have done a lot of science and research and found out exactly what caused the Black Death. Oh, OK. Um, which is uh, an, it's actually a and this is where the thing that I was talking about with uh, with plague, because plague has. So there's like plague in like a biblical sense, which is sort yeah. of like a thing inflicted from God. Um, but plague is also sort of the name of this disease. Mm-hmm. But the other name is called Basilius. 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 Okay. Yeah. Uh, the other one you might have heard is it's a bacteria called Yersinia pestis. Yeah. So, so basically, Yersinia pestis infections can happen, and when you have a Yersinia pestis infection, you have the plague. Um, and then there's, there are Yersinia pestis sounds like a like a D tier like Harry Potter character, you know? <laughs> yeah, it does. Oh, I'm going to the ball with Yersinia pestis. <laughs> It's true. Um, but like, so the interesting thing about about the plague is that you can get the plague uh, through three different ways. Mm-hmm. And the sort of way that you got infected will cause you to like there's three different ways that it can manifest and you'll have different types of symptoms and you'll look different and it'll spread differently based on how you got it. Basically, OK, the main one that happened, the Black Death was bubonic plague. Mm. But there are further ones. There's also um, septicemic plague and there's pneumonic plague. Pneumonic. Okay. That's and the new, that's the fresher version, the newer one, the 2.0. Yes. The pneumonic, pneumonic plague. Um, it's the one that you remember better. It's the one, the pneumonic plague. It's got like faster Wi-Fi. It's got better graphics, <laughs> you know, all the, all the hits, all the thing. It'll do, it'll play all your apps on it. It'll play all your apps. It'll play all your apps. It'll tick all your talks. <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, the idea is that the plague spread in different ways. And there's a lot of people who actually think that the pneumonic plague is how it actually spread to a lot of central and northern Europe. Oh, okay. Um, but basically the way that it works is that um, like septicemic fl- plague is if um, is when it gets into the blood and the main way, the main vector that this gets spread, the main vector that um, that spread spreads plague is animals. I don't know. Like, OK, so mm-hmm. the plague essentially 
this this is, I think, pretty much common. It comes from fleas, primarily. Comes from fleas. All right. Uh, fleas on like vermin, like rats and gerbils and stuff like that, that came over mm-hmm. on ships. And basically, uh, the flea bites you, spreads the bacteria, and you get plague and oh, you die. Don't um, like it. Yeah. And so like septicemia plague is like probably the one that is like uh, it comes into your blood and it affects you from uh, from gets you from the flea bites. But you can also get pneumonic plague, which is if the if the virus if the sorry not a virus it's a bacteria if the infection gets into your lungs oh. and uh, that's where you can cough and it gets more like not airborne but like kind of like with COVID like droplets can um, gotcha. can spread it um, and that's probably how it spread all, because like the animals didn't really get as far north so it's probably likely the pneumonic plague people spreading it through like coughing and coughing. Um, stuff like so that, new, that pneumonic them. is sort of like new like pneumonia sort of yeah. similar stems there I think it comes from the like Greek or it's the Greek or I think it's the Greek word the Greek word for like lungs well this is the bad air that people were talking about this is bad air this is some badass air yeah. um it's why like pneumatic systems are using compressed air oh yeah that makes sense too look at us yeah we're learning etymology we're, etymology um so and the other one that's probably more commonly known is bubonic plague which is that mm-hmm. if uh you get infected uh you can if when infected with plague you it can spread to your lymph nodes yes um and those will get swollen and then they can actually get uh these swollen nymph nodes like they'll look like big like like bulges on yeah. your body because your lymph nodes are all over your body and they'll get really big and those big swollen lymph nodes were called buboes yeah and they got they could break open and you'd have these big black sores all over your body that's where it got the name black death is the black sores and like mm-hmm. it'd be really gross and somebody who had plague would like like be in a lot of pain and it would look terrible i just I, I just remembered too that when we were talking because we talked a little bit about buboes on the one about the ark of the covenant i i just remembered the the ark of the covenant didn't actually talk about how ancient aliens didn't think that they had the black death from you know they thought it was radiation yeah but but modern interpretations believe it's the black death which like still could have fit if they're t- if they wanted to claim that the black death was uh was alien bio warfare they still could have done it but they instead were just like no that this one's radiation yeah. this one's different i will say that um that bubos like they, they weren't super great at categorizing these kinds of things back then so people mm-hmm. who had diseases that caused like big sores could yeah. sometimes be miscategorized as buboes um yeah. so they weren't like specifically buboes in the bubonic plague sense i'm gonna be saying bubo a lot and i remember that there was one summer where i was working for uh, a professor who studied uh medical history in uh like early like kind of like medieval spain okay and uh i had to basically go through the spanish archive and study every single instance of the word bubo through like several centuries of text did it reading. desensitize you to the word bubo yeah and well it was also all in like ye old cat Castilian, like like okay. ye old Espanol. So it was like all in gotcha. Not only Spanish, but Spanish before they like unified all of the different Spanish languages into today's. Mm-mm. So it was like very different. And yeah. also it was all in handwriting from like the Middle Ages. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, lots, lots of fun. Anyways. If you find yourself sick with bubonic plague, uh, about one to seven days after you get exposed to the bacteria, you're st- going to start to describe the also evasive, also elusive flu-like symptom, mm. um, which includes things like fevers, headaches. You might throw up. You might get those swollen or painful lymph nodes, um, probably closest to where the bacteria entered your skin. Uh, they might break open. Uh, there might also be what's called acral necrosis, which basically would be a dark discoloration of your skin. 
uh, all not things you should Google. Um, and you know what? You basically just should never Google necrosis I, in any name, way, name, shape, or form. It's never I going to be like, good. I felt like you were pausing there to see if I would do it. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I know you. Uh, I'm trying to be better, but I'll do it. <laughs> YouTuber reacts. <laughs> YouTuber reacts. Let's get a live feed reaction to oh god yeah. yeah okay oh my god yeah don't uh, google it uh, okay that was like much worse than i was expecting <sighs> yeah so you could you could imagine a disease that spreads very fast and people like looking like that and then yeah. dying like sometimes within a day of starting oh. to show symptoms i like don't ever get like queasy at images but that did it for me oh <laughs> that was not good so the story of the Black Death begins very far away. Um, actually, it begins in Asia, uh, probably in like pr- probably in like a region that would be like modern day Kyrgyzstan or Mongolia. OK, um, there's the there's basically some climate change going on in Asia that was resulting in uh, the grasslands in Central Asia starting to dry out. And that mm. led to a lot of uh, rodents leaving the area. And this bacteria, Yersinia pestis, lives primarily among ground rodents, th- things like marmots and stuff like that. Okay. And so as they started to leave Central Asia, they started to move to different regions like, um, like say, um, Kurdistan, which is sort of like the area that straddles uh, Turkey, Iraq, Iran, and Syria. Um, mm. Places like, uh, like, like Western, like in Western Asia, the Middle East, basically. Uh, places like North India, uh, places like Uganda, and even the Western United States, apparently. Oh. Um, but uh, the thing is, we didn't know that it was this disease until 2010. Huh. And this is what I thought was really cool. Yeah, yeah. So this is really cool. So what what they found, what they did is they uh, they did a DNA, it's like something called a DNA RNA polymerase chain reaction technique where they were were studying Yersinia pestis and they also uh, studied some samples taken from the tooth sockets of human skeletons found in uh, some mass graves in across Europe that had been associated with the Black Death. Mm. And conducted that they they concluded this research uh uh, along with some other prior analyses that that they had pretty much unambiguously found out that Yersinia pestis was the cause of the Black Death. So ah. like that, that that just shows that we know almost exactly what the Black yeah. Death is. We, like we did DNA stuff. We got stuff. it. Yeah. Locked and it then, in. Yeah. And then furthermore, this was done with some more um, some more genetic evidence taken from Black Death victims in East Smithfield, which is uh, a place in England. So this is this is very much confirmed. Anyways, uh, back to it, it spread from these regions to uh, basically all across Afro Afro Eurasia. See, when we talk about the Black Death, we typically talk about Europe, but it spread all over the Old World. Um, yeah, from the years uh, 1346 to fifth to 1353, um, it is to this date still the most fatal pandemic in recorded human history. Uh, the idea the the idea is now the numbers vary a lot because yeah, people didn't take numbers the back numbers. then. But somewhere between 75 and 200 million people died in Eurasia and North Africa, uh, probably in those years. But the population of the planet Earth was a lot smaller back then, too, right? Yes. So those would have been like much bigger percentages of the of the Earth. Yes. Like, for example, uh, it's uh, the the guess is that it was anywhere between 25 and 60 percent of Europe's population. Oh, my God. And that Europe's population did not get back 
back to its levels in 1300 until 1500. That's 200 years later. Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I mean, that's like, that's at the, that's like at the most sort of lowest level there is like one in four people die. That's like, that's huge. But highest six in 10. Six in 10. And uh, furthermore, it also hit the Middle East really hard. Uh, As much as a third of the Middle Eastern population died in the Black Death. Oh my God. So the the world's population at that time was probably around 475 million people. Okay. And the plague probably reduced it to about 350 to 375 million people. That's, I mean, that's even lower of a population than I expected. I thought there would at least still be a couple billion people. No, not even half a billion people. No. Oh, yeah, that, that's a lot. Now, now the story of the plague coming to uh, the Middle East and Europe kind of comes through uh, when the when the disease started making its way to cri- the Crimean Peninsula, which is the peninsula that is sort of uh, the sort of peninsula that sticks out to the south of Ukraine, uh, bordering on the Black Sea, mm-hmm. which was uh, historically a very important trade city. Um, but from Crimea, it was probably carried by fleas that lived on black rats that were on ships, specifically ships headed for the port city of Genoa, which is in modern day Italy. Um, and th- and that was where like all sorts of goods from Mediterranean trade would arrive in Europe. Mm-hmm. And through that, it probably spread through all of the Mediterranean trade network, which was, you know, all over the Middle East and North Africa, especially when it because because then it would go from Crimea down to Constantinople, which is modern day Istanbul. Mm. Um, and then it would then spread to the whole Mediterranean. I wish there was a song about that so I could keep it <laughs> if I, so I could remember Istanbul, Constantinople. I don't know. Someone will do something. There might be. Um, yeah, but so 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 when the Black Death got ashore, uh, came ashore, it then started spreading through person to person spread, pneumonic plague. So you it would go. Uh, the fleas would bring it onto the ships, and then the ships would land on the shore. The fleas would bite the people, and then people would start coughing it onto each other, and it spread extremely fast. Um, mm. This is why people believe it was pneumonic plague because it spread way too fast for fleas. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. So so that 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 that's basically that's like that's. The the, the main thing um the most we can see that the first account that we found at the time was uh was done in a medical facility in paris that was written to king philip this uh philip says philip says sorry you- philip cease philip, philip cease. cease i didn't know you had to say the numbers in the language that you're talking about is that like really? appropriate? Is that what I should be doing? I mean, uh, it depends. Uh, Philip okay. the Sixth. Yeah. Philip the Sixth, the King of France at the time. I like Philip. Let's do Philip Cease. That sounds fun. Uh, according to that medical professional, the, it was because of um, heavens and that uh, three planets had a conjunction in 1345 that caused a great pestilence in the air. Hence the the meteor and the, all that kind of stuff. All right. The meteor, the 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 bad air. Mm-hmm. Um, blamed blamed the the heavens just means like space right they, they weren't like blaming god right yeah they were well they there, there was so at that time you can imagine that a very um like a pre-scientific extremely christian society uh getting this was pretty convinced that this was the wrath of god and the end times oh, okay. and all that kind of stuff um gotcha especially because i believe that christians have an entire horseman of pestilence so they're that's true they're pretty much ready that disease is going to be one of the signs of the end times so yeah 
Um, in the Islamic world, they interpreted that it was a martyrdom and a mercy from God. And basically it was a disease that um, that Allah was taking people to heaven with. So it was like a form of martyrdom. Oh, okay. um, and so there were actually some scholars who were against doing quarantine measures because they were like, no, this is like this is God's will. If you're going to die of this disease, you're going to go to heaven. It's like oh. it's good, actually. Um, so huh. you can see that these people are in every every plague. Every Every plague has these guys. Yeah, let it happen. <laughs> if you're going to die, you're going to die. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the other reason it spread so fast is that um, these places were extremely, extremely dirty. Uh, less so the Middle East. The Middle East was a little bit more um, sanitary, but Europe was disgusting. <laughs> um, <laughs> Europe. Gross. That mostly, mostly because um, in Islam, it's sort of uh, it's it's considered uh, I don't know if it's haram, but it's considered like really, really bad to um, basically spend too much time close to animals. Mm. So like in the Islam, like in in Islam, it's like not considered like technically proper to like have pets. Gotcha. Um, and like like you know where like living, fleas would be maybe. Yeah, or like and like living close to animals is considered like uh, at least gross and not something yeah. that you should do. Um, but in Europe, there was animals everywhere. And not only that, but um, they just like, you know, uh, the, the idea was about about how to handle, say, a city before two sewers yeah. was that um, every house was individually responsible for just cleaning up whatever literal human excrement was True. in an animal excrement, just whatever excrement was in front of your house. So you were it's kind of it like, in the you streets. Know, I, I know you don't live in a place where you really get snow, but um, but like, you know how like if you if you have a house, you're responsible for shoveling your sidewalk in front yeah. of your house. This one is like the same idea, but you're shoveling Shovel your something shit. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so like literally cities in like France and Italy were just literally just caked in human waste uh -huh. um, to the point where actually I found this, this is a fun fact in medieval Europe. There were actually several streets inspired by how dirty they were. Um, there's a lot of streets that were named after the French word for shit, which is meld. Um, so there's like <laughs> Rue Melde, Rue Melde, Rue Melde, Sun, Rue de oh, Meldon, no. and uh, Rue de Meldier. One um, of these streets, having one street is too many. You listed, you listed like six of them. I got a better one, and this one's going to make you die. Okay. And the, Rue de Pipi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, uh, that's, like, these are official, these aren't like colloquial terms. These are like official street names. Right. Uh, I don't know if there's any around anymore. Okay. But, uh, Probably not. I don't not. know if they, if they still go by this name, but I really hope there. I hope in my heart that there is a Rue de Pipi still somewhere out there. Yeah, that's like in that's like in uh, in, in Gilmore Girls, one of the only other shows I keep talking about. Uh, they they go back to uh, the historic street names, and the the hotel is or the inn is now uh, Soars and Boils Avenue or something like that. And it's just like we don't like this. This is bad for business. <laughs> Oh boy. Um, yeah. So I, I, I love that, that story. The other thing mm -hmm. too, is that in like big cities, you saw just like random animals, like pigs and cows and chickens and geese and uh -huh. goats and horses. And sometimes they didn't have owners. They just kind of wandered around. <laughs> just free roaming uh, goats <laughs> yeah. throughout the streets. So you can imagine that that would not be exactly a great 
context for say no sanitation and no. not getting fleas uh, uh, uh. sounds like the perfect place for it furthermore people did not bathe a whole lot back then um Mm-mm-mm. they actually thought that bathing was like 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 the kind of dirt getting caked on was like actually prevented you from getting sick ah, to an it's extent your shield yeah so bathing too often was considered actually like bad for you yeah clog up the pores so nothing can get in so so yeah this resulted in uh again 45 to 50 percent of Europe dying or as much as 60 percent um there was in some crowded cities it was not uncommon for like half of the population to die um for example um half of Paris's population which at this point was a hundred thousand people died oh my god uh in Italy Florence uh the city of Florence had its population reduced to somewhere between 110,000 and 120,000 to 50,000 by the end of the plague um so and like the thing is like the, the plague hits super hard in like Italy in Germany and stuff like that. So like 60% of Hamburg and Bremen yeah. died as well. Um, some cities like Florence didn't get to their 14th century population size again until the 19th century, so the 1800s. Oh my God. The Fleck Death also virtually destroyed the city of Cairo. Mm. Um, about 40% of Cairo's population died. Um, it had as many as 600,000 people living there, and it was it was probably the largest city west of China. And about a third to 40% of the population died in a period of eight months. Um, um, That's no good. Yeah. And because of that, and also because of some other epidemics in the early 18th century, Cairo's population was about half of what it was in 1347. And Cairo kind of, I don't know if, I mean, it's definitely more than recovered now, but it never really sure. like super duper recovered, uh, never got back to its former glory at that time. Right. And interestingly, this caused some other odd knockoff effects. This is, this was kind of, this is kind of the interesting effects of what happened. Um, so, so many people died. It resulted in some interesting economic changes like for example there was a major labor shortage which meant that wages skyrocketed so you know people started nobody wants to work anymore for 15 15 gold ducats an hour or whatever so they were they people were wages started to go up interesting um, interesting and also it uh freed up a bunch of land okay so a bunch of like a bunch of land that people were living on was no longer lived on because they were too dead to live on it anymore right makes and sense. so it led to a lot of reforestation which ended up uh with all those trees absorbing a whole bunch of carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere oh that's and good. sequestering it and things which led to the population decreasing um this is one of the other explanations for what's called the little ice age which is sort of this period of cooling that happened okay. in uh, in sort of beginning in like the late Middle Ages and it sort of ended with the Industrial Revolution. People mm-hmm. have blamed all sorts of different things, but this is one of the possible reasons is the sort of reforestation from the Black Death. Interesting. It also caused a new uh, religious fervor and fanaticism, um, which did not end up going well because Europeans were looking for someone to blame for the Black Death and oh, they no. instantly went to groups like Jews, no. uh, friars, foreigners, beggars, pilgrims, lepers, Romani people, Unbelievable. Um, lepers and people with skin diseases like uh, severe acne or psoriasis or psoriasis mm. uh, were just killed at this time. That, so you could you could be killed for having acne. You could you be killed be for having killed psoriasis. For unbelievable. And you could be killed for having leprosy, um, which yeah. is another, you know, disease that was common at that time. Well, at least I mean, leprosy was probably going to kill you in the end, right? Like that. Mm. I don't think they had much to I mean, I actually don't know. I leprosy have always been told has just that's that's one that you don't recover from is it i don't know i think you can today i think it's today yeah sure back in back in those times 
I imagine not. I, th- I think you could survive it, but if the thing is you were extremely contagious and a- even if you did get leprosy afterwards, you would have some horrible scars. Very yeah. often it caused like gangrene and stuff like that. So you could actually like lose limbs and you would lose like big parts. It was, it, it was very, it was yeah. very disfiguring disease. So even if you got it and recovered from it, even you, if you would recover- be yeah, people would scarred know. for life. Yeah. yeah, people would know and then they'd probably still want to kill you anyway. Yeah. Um, basically what happened is, is that as the disease ravaged Europe, they were kind of at a loss as to who caused it. So they blamed things like astrology, astrological forces, earthquakes, sure. or Jews poisoning the wells. Oh, come um, on. Some believed it was a punishment by God for their sins and that they could be relieved by winning God's forgiveness. Uh-huh. And of, But of course, the main thing that it did was leading to a massive amount of attacks on Jews. Um, for example, in 1349 in Strasbourg, there was something called the Strasbourg Massacre in which the people of the city killed about 2000 Jews. Uh, in 1349, uh, the Jewish communities of Mainz and Cologne were virtually annihilated. Um, in 1351, 60 and 150 smaller Jewish communities had been destroyed, and it led to uh, many Jews having to basically leave and move to any place that kept them safe. Now, here's an interesting story, is that there is one country in Europe that decided to accept the Jews and, yeah. and, and take them in with open arms, and that was King Casimir of Poland. Uh-huh. So I don't know if this is the reason why, like, there was some major Jewish communities in Poland up until recent, re- relatively recently. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, but it does like show like this. Yeah, yeah. It it, it explains what. Yeah, it, it's it's so fascinating to sort of see almost like these ripple effects of of these things throughout history. Mm-hmm. And we saw a little bit of this when uh, during the COVID pandemic, when uh, when like there was a rash of anti. Asian bigotry yeah. uh, caused by the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, people blaming them for f- people, anybody who was of Asian ancestry for the pandemic. Oh, yeah. Uh, and even like, I would say that even uh, the the politicization, the, the politicization of mask wearing and public health measures leading to uh, st- like violence against people for wearing masks and like, you know, all the, the, the like stuff that's broken out over vaccination yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Like it does seem like pandemics bring out the worst in people. Now, if they had scented masks <laughs> yeah, that were be, scented yeah. like a lavender, I feel if like everyone would, cal- if everyone would calm down. I feel yeah, this like. is my chamomile lavender mask. Yeah, just want, take a couple breaths, you know, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Or, you know, there's another thing you could put in the masks to make everyone chill out. That is true. <laughs> that is like true. THC mask. Got legalized here in Virginia. Yeah, baby. There you go. We can talk about it. It's legal now youtube you can stop demonetizing my videos about cannabis because it's, mm-hmm. it's legal where i am um so so that was a that was a big thing furthermore um before the black death europe had a very strict social order where the catholic church essentially ran the continent uh and hmm. it lived in this sort of feudal system where different fiefs and city-states uh, ran the continent where there were peasants underneath and lords over top who basically acted like landlords who le- led this very ba- basically this extremely rigid caste system. Um, ah. Now, the thing is that the pandemic completely uprooted that and it led to um, survivors being able to find new opportunities elsewhere. And so all of a sudden you had people who used to be just like t- 
tied serfs to the land being able to leave and go somewhere else where they'd be paid more, more people could move to cities where like people were competing for their labor because there was so few of it. And this led to a major uh, sort of uprooting of the political and religious uh, structure of the continent. Hmm. Okay. And, and so like the, uh, the whole power dynamic fell apart. And so there's some people who argue that this might have been the beginning of the end of the medieval period because basically the whole feudal political structure uh, started yeah. to crumble. Huh. Mostly because as this happened, the price of food dropped uh, and also the price of land dropped by about 30 to 40%. Mm. So to if you're a landowner, this is terrible. But right. for most people, this was a huge windfall. That's great, honestly. I would yeah. love that. How? I mean, I would love that right now. If like, you know, housing prices went down, that'd be great. Honestly, I would, would love that. It would be really that. great, yeah. Would, that'd be spectacular. Actually, now I'm a homeowner. I want them to go up, 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 up to the no, moon. Tristan, no. you're on the other side of it no, now. No, I don't. I, 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 no, I don't want to treat my house like it's a freaking stock option. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a building I live in. Um, but yeah, so the survivors of the pandemic found that not only was food cheaper, but land was more abundant. And many of them had inherited property from their dead relatives. So <laughs> um, well. there was, there was a huge wealth exchange from like the rich to the poor. And it led to like a great equalization, uh, not like a full equalization, obviously, but yeah, sure, it caused sure, a sure. huge, huge ups- upset of a very rigid caste system that existed before. Um, it was also the first, uh, it's also where the word quarantine came from. Really? Uh, it's not the, it's not where it, it originated, but it is where it became popularized. Um, but okay, sorry. It is where the term came from, but the idea of quarantining something is older. Right. Okay. That's it. So what happened was is in the city state of Ragusa, which what which is a which is basically modern day uh, Dubrovnik, which is a city in Croatia. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the after the plague happened, they took a 30 day isolation period in uh, 1377 for new arrivals who came from plague affected areas. Ah. Um, the isolation period was then extended to 40 days, which uh, which which is the uh, the Italian word is uh, quarantino. Oh, and 40 quarantine. OK, quarantine. That makes that makes sense. Look, at, we're doing more etymology. That's like my favorite thing we do on this podcast <laughs> is etymology. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It's, it's, it's like because uh, we, we are examining thought fossils. That's, ex- that's exactly right. Why don't we have to make a spinoff podcast? that's just called thought fossils and we just talk about etymology i feel like i I, that would be very fun i do feel like there has to be many people out there who are way more qualified to do it than i am that's true actual like Uh, linguists and whatnot um i even know um there is a good podcast uh called the endless knot Oh, they basically just talk about etymology. So that's fantastic. Go check you, them out. Yeah. And so that that's basically like the story of the plague today. It exists. Um, there's still there's a vaccine currently being developed for plague, but they're mm-hmm. not commercial or there's not in most countries. You can't get one commercially. They're just not available. In most of the world. So it's like something that's like we're just on the cusp of figuring out. Right. But the thing is that you can avoid getting the plague by, you know, avoiding contact with uh, rodents, people or cats. Or um, it is something that you can uh, you can treat with antibiotics. That's good. Thank God for antibiotics. And so, and yeah, like occasionally you still hear about people getting sick and dying of it in like Mongolia and stuff like that, where it still shows up occasionally. But for the most part, uh, you know, we have, we have antibiotics pretty much take care of it. It's a bacterial infection. So it's pretty simple. Uh, and then the last bit I have just here saying is say something clever about COVID. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 
Um, but like, I think that you can, I imagine that in many different ways, you can kind of see what happened in the Black Death yeah. and make the kind of connections that you will with uh, the current pandemic that we are in today. Absolutely. That we are still in. Like, I know that we still kind of want to treat the pandemic like it is in the past, but it very much is not. It's not. And to avoid, like, to the point where I have a bit of a scratch in my throat and I'm a little con- little concerned. I know. Um, I'm, I feel like I'm one of the extremely lucky few who's not gotten COVID yet. And, most of that is just because I don't go anywhere. <laughs> like I work from home all the time, mm-hmm. always. Uh, but I still, I mean, I still, I still mask up when I'm in, in public, especially grocery store. I mean, I see no reason not to just mask up in a grocery store for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? Cause like, I don't even want to catch a cold. Why would I want to catch a cold? You know? Yeah. So like, especially airplanes and things like that. So, I mean, and like you know, we, we think that it's over and then like you see like a VidCon, how like every single creator got, got yeah. COVID afterwards. So that's, that's right. Like, oh, yeah. That's right. I'm glad I, I would have gone. I genuinely would have probably gone to VidCon. Uh, had I remembered about it. I just forgot that it was happening and I made no plans to go go do it. And I'm kind of, as much as I am bummed to not see my friends, uh, I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of glad. I'm hoping next year it'll be, my baby will be big enough that I can leave him alone with my wife for a few days and not feel terrible. Yeah. And uh, also that, um, you know, that the pandemic is at a place where I feel safe going to California, uh, where it's just like a state that has this a population large than my entire country. <laughs> yeah. So basically like, yeah, um, history is interesting enough and has enough mysteries to unravel without having to create fake mysteries with bad answers. Yeah. Historians are interested in those those kinds of sources because we are interested in understanding people's worldviews, but we don't actually connect them as like things that are like literally true um, because that's not how their society worked or how they understood things. Mm-hmm. So I, I decided to put together a little list of things that you can look to see if a source is good or bad. Um, This is sort of the rule of thumb I go by. You can use this to your heart's extent, but uh, basically the first thing you want to check for is if it is peer reviewed, which means it's probably published in an academic journal or by an academic press. That's a good way to start. Um, Another thing is if you see a reference to a primary source, do check to see if it quote actually exists. (laughs) Yeah, check it Um, out. And also if they've been quoted correctly, as we have found there have been paraphrasing of, of translations of translations of translations and uh, realize that in many um, academic circles, when it, when it comes to primary source texts, there are many translations and there are commentaries on different types of translations and it can be very, very complicated. So do know that you should figure out what you're going with because um, languages, language can make things mean all sorts of things. Um, scholars will never say, trust us, we've got footnotes. We rely on a network <laughs> of other scholars who know the same sources, can confirm that we've used them adequately and would hold us accountable if we misuse or misquoted the data. So like historians have their reputations to uphold uh, based on the quality of their sources. So they tend to like to show them off. There Uh, you go. Cranks don't do that. They typically misquote or make up sources and certainly don't Ah. put up for for peer review. So basically, um, don't be fooled by pseudo scholarship that sounds academic just because it kind of masks its conventions. You have to do, if something seems sus, investigate. Yeah. And because if you... Even if you unintentionally fall for some of this pseudo scholarship, you could be making a grave mistake. Do you see what I 
I, I said, sorry, is you're still there, Tristan? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I said grave mistake. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Um, if you want to hear all of the best death-related puns, <laughs> um, Google death jokes. That's what <laughs> I did. <laughs> or, or go to at probs.aliens on YouTube, or sorry, on Twitter. Go to probs. Yeah, check out probs not aliens on Twitter. That's a Twitter account. You can go uh, interact with us. People send us all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, tweet along with the episodes. Uh, it's just a great community of folks over there who just say really smart things and really nice things, and really funny things. So and correcting my ass constantly, which I appreciate. Correcting both of us, I feel, uh, especially with movie trivia. We're the worst at it. No one so far has corrected me on any of my t- on any of the three to four TV shows that I watch. So take that. There you go, uh, Tristan. Where can you also? do other things on the internet where can people find out information about that very occasionally i make a youtube channel called step back where i talk about the importance of the past and understanding the current moment and the things that happen every day that's found at stepbackhistory.com it's uh i'm working on one that is uh very emotional and very uh very important apropos of things going on right now vis-a-vis the supreme court so uh check that out uh if it's out it's probably not out by now or if it is watch it um but scott uh, you are also known to um, to excrete content from your content <laughs> glands. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, I do so over at my YouTube channel, NerdSync, N-E-R-D-S-Y-N-C. Uh, I make uh, video essays about comics, superheroes, cartoons. I'm doing a new series where I react to some fun old media with other YouTuber friends. Uh, I did one with my buddy uh, Tulak the Barbarian, who does D&D stuff. And we reacted to some old D&D uh, shows, cartoons, instructional videos. It was a lot of fun. And similar to Tristan, I'm in the process also working on a video that also is about a certain Supreme Court decision. Um, We're both doing it in our own different ways. I I also just want to thank the following people for writing reviews. I'm back. I'm I'm saying the names. Uh, I forgot that Apple Podcasts lets you select which country that you want to thank people from. And since we were talking about how how dirty and smelly uh, England is, I want to thank the following people uh from from the uk who wrote reviews of our podcast on uh, on apple Podcasts. thank you to beckers one two three four thank you to mr demo apple thank you to placey 81 f kin cheers uh j star so many people some of these people wrote reviews last year uh i just i'm getting around to it we have so we're close to like 200 reviews on Apple Podcasts. Whoa. So please keep them coming. I'm going to start saying names on podcasts on the podcast again. I think that's very fun. What else can people do, Tristan? Oh boy. Well, the main thing that you can do to spread this podcast is to tell your friends. Podcasts primarily grow through word of mouth. So, so put word in I've made that joke before. So mm-hmm. so so mouth word, mouth uh, word this podcast to people. Put your thought fossils in people's brains and tell them why you yes. like this podcast. Um I'm hoping that more episodes like this one where we we get we we get out of the crankery and we get into uh, Black Death stuff is 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 fun. So hopefully uh, everyone's having a good time. And if you're having a good time, spread that good time to a new person. Put it yeah. on a USB key. Throw it throw it at people in the street. That's um, right. But distanced 
apart. That's why you have to throw it, right? Yep. You can't just hand it to them. You're, you're distant from each other. And you ten, 10 points if you can throw it at someone's laptop and it goes in. It goes in. That's a that's a uh, what's that YouTube channel that does all the all the things the like of people doing like one shot takes of dude. Perfect. Dude, it's like a dude. Perfect challenge of like throwing a USB directly into a computer. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, would be fun. Anyway, Imagine if you get it perfect, but you got it upside down. Ah, brutal. Uh, and, and load that USB drive with uh, with the website. Download the website, probsnotaliens.com. Load it up on the USB and throw it at people. Probsnotaliens.com. It's got links to everything you can listen, uh, mm-hmm. everywhere you can listen to this show. So until next time, my friends. Yeah. The truth is out there. Oh. Probably also do not touch Steve Rogers. Do not touch Do not. Him. We, look, we've been thinking about this for, for a couple of weeks now. <laughs> Do not touch Steve Rogers. <laughs> but this time it's because you might give him germs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's, very, he's fragile he's, in every way. He's fragile in every way. <laughs> Wait until he watches uh, Marley and Me. <laughs> He's Aww. emotionally fragile. <laughs> he sure is. <laughs>